Hello and welcome to Maps Daily presented by the Dallas Morning News, where many days of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks today. Well, my name is Bobby Corella, uh, but I'm the least important one on this call because today joining me for the next part of our player recap bonanza extravaganza is the great Eddie Sefko. Eddie, you're in the middle of uh, a torrential hurricane right now. How are you holding up? Well, uh, I guess the remnants of uh, Tropical Storm uh, Beta or Alpha or Omega or whatever it was uh, have decided to uh, pop themselves right over the the greater uh, uh, Nevada, Texas uh, area, and and, uh, we're getting good rain out here. We we need it, and uh, what what a it it but it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing better to do whenever it's raining outside than talk basketball. You know what I mean? Well, I I couldn't agree more. In fact, hey, whether it's sunny, rainy, or 110 degrees or 40, it's still a good time to talk basketball. That is true. That is that is some wise words, Eddie. Wise words. Uh okay, so uh, this is a continuation of our player recap series. Basically, we're just spending, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes talking about every single player on the team one by one over uh, a few weeks following the end of the 2019-20 season. And today we're talking about Seth Curry. I guess it's raining outside, so it's very fitting that we're talking about Seth because he made it rain a lot on the basketball court. The dude was a flamethrower, career best 45.2% from three. He also averaged uh, 12.4 points for the Mavs, which was the second most uh, in any season in his career behind only 12.8 whenever he played for the Mavs. So, Eddie, something about Seth in Dallas just seems to be a really, really natural fit. We saw it before, and we definitely saw it this year, too. Yeah, and first of all, let me tell you that uh, I'm amazed with your segue from making it rain to uh, making it rain, you know? I mean, yeah. That's, 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 some, that's some solid stuff right there. You don't get that just anywhere. Uh, and, and, uh, you know what the, it's, it was really a kind of a funny, strange, and obviously very productive year for Seth. Uh, he started, remember people forget he started out as a starter, uh, way back when, uh, you know, early in the season, he, you know, he was, uh, in the lineup quite, quite frequently. Uh, and then Rick Carlisle kind of tinkered with things and figured out that, uh, we might want to get this, uh, this Tim Hardaway guy in the lineup and, and, uh, and, you know, go that direction and, and things worked out pretty good on, on for everybody because Seth settled into the, the, the coming off the bench role. And I mean, the guy was absolute money when he was, when he was stroking the ball. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, when you're shooting the three ball better than your brother out in golden state, you know, you're shooting the ball well. So, um, I, I, you know, I've become a big, uh, big fan of, of Seth's and, and it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, they don't play him a ton of minutes or they try not to play him a ton of minutes. And I think that's in deference to his, his numerous leg, uh, procedures over the, over the years. But I mean, how, how can you argue with his production when he is on the court? I mean, he's been fantastic. From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. 
from all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Yeah, he's been awesome. And it was at the beginning of the year, he was starting and he and Tim were sort of like alternating minutes, right? One of them was always on the floor and Rick would just kind of like ride the hot hand. But midway through the season, and it kind of started whenever Dwight Powell got injured, unfortunately, but midway through the season, the Mavs just sort of stumbled into the realization of why do we only need one of them on the floor at all times? Why not have both of them on the floor and just really kind of maximize uh, maximize our shooting. And so Tim and Seth became like really, really good sort of wingmen for Luca running the, running the corners and uh, running the wings uh, at the beginning of the year, to your point, basically before Mexico city. So everything changed after he went to Mexico city, the first 21 games of the year, he averaged eight points per game was shooting 38% from three. And then they went South of the border and he became a totally different guy after that point. Uh, from Mexico City onward, he averaged 14.5 points per game and 47.5% on threes on 5.5 attempts per game. So I don't know what was going on down there. Eddie, were you in Mexico City? Can you speak to, you know, maybe he, like, discovered some some magical fountain of energy or something? Or, or what happened to him after he went down there? Because he became a totally, totally more effective player. Well, you know, here's, here's where a little uh... – veteran knowledge comes in handy, uh, Bobby, because I, I, you know, yes, I, I was there and uh, Seth and I, we went out that night before the game, uh, went out to a cantina, had a great time, had lots of, had lots of uh, true Mexican food, uh, got some, uh, some of the local uh, flavor, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> there was one drink that was uh, on fire. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm thinking about me and, and the other writers. It, was, it wasn't Seth. Oh, Seth uh, wasn't there. Oh, no, man. that's right. He, you know, I, 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 but but he he would have been if he could have. He he had other obligations with the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and and the funny thing is, if you go back and look at it, two years ago, I believe it was, or yeah, when he was here, the, the year or three years ago, I guess now, when he was here and had the, the really fantastic season uh, in his first go around with the with the Mavericks. Check it out. He had a monster game in Mexico City against the Phoenix Suns, and that triggered a real strong finish to that season. He was really, really good. I mean, not just shooting the ball. He was distributing. He was doing everything. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, it's something about going to, to, to Mexico City that really agrees with him. Uh, and, again, I, I do think it had something to do with the with the uh, massive amounts of tequila that, that some of us had down there. But, but that I digress. Um, yeah, you, you know, definitely it, did your part to help Seth I, out. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried to, I tried to, you know, do all I could to to get the 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 south of the border mojo working for him. And yeah. uh, he's, you know, listen, I don't think Seth is ever going to be the the twenty point score or or even maybe fifteen to eighteen point score. But man, anybody that can come off the bench and start lighting it up, I mean, I think back to. Uh, the way Vinny Johnson used to do it, the microwave back in the day, you know, and players like that, it's a special gift to be able to come in and just start firing it in. And, 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 you know, I mean, his 
three-point percentage is, uh, well, it's better than a few players' two-point percentage. Uh, we won't go into deal into detail there, but uh, guys like Seth and Tim Hardaway, I mean, really good, solid three-point shooters. This is exactly what the kind of players that the Mavericks need around Luca, because as even Luca will say, is if he has something he really needs to work on, it's his, it's his deep ball. I mean, he, he's not a great three-point shooter. He, he's certainly a a volume three-point shooter, but he doesn't make a real high percentage. So you got to have guys around him that can do that. And uh, Seth, that's why Seth, I think, fits in so well with with Rick and his uh, his system. Yeah, and so going into next season, um, assuming you know there's not like a massive change to the roster or anything, I wonder. I guess this doesn't really this doesn't have anything to do with Seth, but it kind of has everything to do with Seth because basically, as Dwight Powell comes back from his Achilles injury, the question is, is he going to go back into the starting lineup uh, with KP moving back to power forward, or are the Mavs going to stick with KP at center? Because if they do, that would mean probably that Seth is going to be your starting two slash one slash whatever Luca doesn't play. Um, If Dwight does return to the starting lineup though, then you got to think that Seth would be coming off the bench. And so having seen, essentially half a season of Seth as the starter and then half the season uh, with Seth as the sixth man, including in the playoffs once they moved Trey Burke into the starting lineup whenever KP went down. Uh, Which role do you think fits him better? Which role do you think kind of is his best fit for himself and also for the Mavs? Well, first I would say that I think he could go uh, into either one of those roles and and prosper. Uh, But uh, it all depends on whether uh, Dwight Powell comes back and, and can be the Dwight Powell that that he was being uh, before he got the the uh, Achilles injury because that I mean that's a tough one to come back from. We've seen uh, guys that, that are smaller and 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 uh, you know not not carrying around as much weight as Dwight. Like I mean Wes Matthews I mean is a perfect example. It took him a year uh, back when he was playing before he the second year back was the year that he he made the, the, uh, the jump, uh, to being back to where, you know, he pretty much was when he was in Portland. And, uh, it, it's going to depend a lot on how Dwight returns from that. Now he's, he's got, he's got the advantage of, he will have had a full, uh, full year off before next season begins. We think we don't know when the season's gonna, gonna, uh, crank up, uh, in 20, uh, 2021, uh, or it might just be 2021 by that, by then. So we don't know all that, but he will, it, every day, every day and every week and every month that goes by is another set of time that, that it is good for Dwight. Cause the longer you can rehab and get those muscles stronger, the better you're going to be. Uh, he's, he's does, he's, he's a good rock roller and rocker and a rim rocker on the, on the rolls. So he does have to rely on his hops a little bit. Uh, and we, we just don't know exactly how he's going to come back from that. Presuming that he does come back and, and can be, uh, close or, or as good as he was before then, uh, I don't know how you can keep him out of the lineup because he can do so many different things, uh, in terms of, of, uh, uh, setting the picks and, and he's a pretty good defender and he frees KP to roam on the, uh, on the, uh, perimeter on offense and, and they both can can kind of ham and egg it on defense and take whichever uh, matchup is best. And, and, and both can, can kind of hang around the rim and be, be protectors down there. So uh, 
you know, if he comes back, I do think Seth will be coming off the bench again. And I, I think Rick would like to keep his numbers or his minutes around uh, 20 to 24 minutes a game. At, at, at You know, I don't think he wants to go too much over that if, if he can avoid it. Uh, just because of the wear and tear that, that goes along with that on, on those legs. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, once he did start playing a whole lot more minutes, basically in February, this is right after Dwight got hurt. For about three weeks there, he was averaging, what, 31.7 minutes per game uh, during the month of February. And then into March, he missed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games uh, between March and the end of the regular season. And so, you know, there is kind of, you know, and, and he did suffer an injury uh, last time in Dallas whenever he was playing a lot of minutes. And so I do think there is something to the to the notion that you were saying, you know, keep his minutes down if possible. And look, I mean, frankly, if the Mavs take a step forward the way that they could next season, then everyone's minutes might be down a little bit. You know, if they're able to take care of business a little better in some of these games that, you know, they kind of let leads slip away. But um, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. If if Dwight can start, I think you got to start him, and then bring Seth off the bench, along with you know Brunson, or if they bring Trey Burke back, um, then all of a sudden you do have a lot of playmaking and, and shooting and scoring coming off the bench, which is which is important because uh, you know Luca kind of has a, a a penchant for spraining his ankle, and so it's never bad to have as much talent as possible off the bench uh, because you do have to be ready for anything in the NBA. 82 games or however many they play uh, next season. Hopefully it is all 82, but I mean, anything can happen. And so and, it, it's never, it's never bad to have a whole lot of talent coming off the bench. And an, and another thing to consider is, is uh, you know, if you do get Seth into the starting lineup, even though your point guard is six, seven and 230 pounds, and you've got a seven, three guy out there, you do become a little bit smaller. You play a little smaller. Uh, rebounding is, is always going to be a, an issue for this team. They, they, uh, you know, the, 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 I don't care what anybody says. I'm a big believer that, that rebounding, uh, rebounding, getting more missed shots than you, than the other team gets is a big key toward, uh, being a good team. And, uh, you know, that if, if you go smaller, that, that impacts your rebounding. And, and, uh, as Rick Carlisle loves to say, those are possessions, uh, you got, and it's hard to, hard to score and hard to win games if you don't have the ball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I guess Seth is pretty good, probably. I mean, certainly better than Luca and and probably better than Tim, too, at defending, you know, point guards. And so if you are starting Luca at the at the one, essentially, um, then, you know, you need someone to defend the other team's smallest guy. But does that come at the expense of, you know, potentially putting Dorian in a situation where he's guarding somebody like Anthony Davis or, you know, someone like that, then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's a pretty easy trade-off. We'll just go a little bigger uh, if we need. Too much size is never a bad thing, especially if you have the shooting to sort of back it up. And and the Mavs do have the luxury of having a lot of guys in this team who can shoot to where if, you know, if Seth is coming off the bench, you still have plenty of firepower in the starting lineup between Hardaway and Porzingis. Of course, Luca, obviously, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, shooting the three ball and everything. So, um it's they could even do the it's not really a bullpen. I don't you'll have to help me with the metaphor here, um, but they could kind of just change the starting lineup based on the matchup. I mean, Rick does that a lot. Right. I mean, they use like almost 30 different starting lineups this year, but it's never bad to have the luxury of saying like, OK, if the other team is really big, then we can go Porzingis and Dwight. 
if the other team is really small, then we could start KP at the five and then we can insert Seth into the starting lineup and, you know, match the speed and quickness and, and we're off to the races. Yeah. And, and, uh, two other things, I mean, like, let's just take Houston for an example, you know, when you, when, you know, when they play Houston, Boban can't play. I mean, he's just can't, he's got nobody he can guard out there. So, uh, you know, that becomes a, a situation where you go smaller, uh, and what we don't know, but which most certainly is going to happen is that this roster is going to change. I mean, we got the draft and we got the free agency. Now the Mavericks may or may not keep that draft pick, but somehow they're going to, they're going to augment this talent. And I've talked to, uh, Oh, Michael Finley and Donnie Nelson and some of the movers and shakers and, and, uh, they're already working on all this stuff. So, uh, they're, they're formulating their plans on who to go after and, and, uh, and, and all of that. And, uh, you giving them any you know, advice? Say again, are you giving them any advice? Yeah, but you know what? They, they don't listen to me very often, you know, oh, come uh, on. I mean, I just, you know, I, I can throw out names and I mean, of, of all the names I've thrown out on, you know, 20 years of covering this team now, uh, I think once I got, I, I got a response when I said, Hey, Dirk likes Monte Ellis, go get Monte Ellis. Well, they went and got Monte Ellis. Well, there which, you go. You're one which, for one. Uh, no, I'm about one for 21. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they will change this, uh, this, this roster. It changes every year. Most teams do. Uh, and, and, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but, uh, you gotta have a place for Seth. Uh, he's just too good a shooter in an era when shooting is the, the absolute premium commodity in the entire league. Yeah. Uh, about that shooting, he is a lifetime 44.3% shooter from beyond the arc. And in a league where 37% is essentially still considered good, he is head and shoulders and headband above everybody else in that regard. One of the best shooters of all time. Uh, so the last part of this is like the guy's contract situation that we always talk about. Uh, Seth is under contract for a pretty long time. I think like three more years after this one, I think. So, um, so he'll be around. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he's definitely proven, like you said, that he's a valuable piece to this thing. And, you know, if the Mavs are going to continue shooting 40 plus threes per game, you want the best shooters in the world to be taking those threes. And Seth is definitely one of them. So uh, I would say all in all, uh, I don't necessarily want to do a letter grade thing, but would you say this season was, um, let's do a letter grade. Give me a, give me a letter grade for Seth Curry for this season. Oh, it was a solid, uh, B plus. I mean, uh, I don't give out many A's in my grading systems, no matter who, whether I'm talking about, uh, you know, NBA players or seventh grade math. Uh, I just don't give out many A's, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he's, I mean, he is, if you weigh his, what he produced against the expectations that everybody had maybe before the season started, uh, now he was coming off a good year at Portland. He, you know, he played well up there and that's how, what he, he parlayed that into a nice free agent contract. And um, so, I mean, there were some expectations, but I mean, it's just hard to find a whole lot of fault with, with what he did. And, and again, staying healthy and the Mavericks do a real good job of, 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 of uh, maintenance with that, all that stuff. Uh, that's his number one priority. If, as long as he's healthy, you know, he's going to make shots. Mm-hmm. 
He was number eight in the NBA. I know you're a big analytics guy, Eddie. He was number eight yeah. in the NBA in effective field goal percentage. Number eight. The guys ahead of him, every single one of them except for one, Duncan Robinson, is a seven-footer who basically dunks a lot. So that is how, and really everybody behind him in the top 11 is centers too. So it's like Duncan Robinson, Seth Curry, and then guys who dunk are the most accurate shooters, the most efficient scorers in the NBA. So that's the that's the level of efficiency that, that he's coming off of in his first season back in Dallas. So uh, very, 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 very good stuff. By the way, where, where did Luca rank on that efficiency rating? Uh, with effective field goal percentage, he was above average, but not top 10. Well, no offense to Seth, but I'd still take Luca. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, my God. Seth is listening to this podcast being like, you know, these guys are really nice to me. And then, oh, man, you just. Well, we can't let everybody them. off scot-free. We have to be we have to be honest and open and and uh, and and uh, relatively unbiased here. So, uh, you yeah. know, but yeah, I think even I think even Seth would agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh, but fair. Harsh, but fair. Uh, OK, well, <laughs> that could be the last thing. But do you have any any final parting words? Uh, for Seth or for anybody else before we get out of here? Well, just keep doing what you're doing, Seth. I mean, uh, it, this is a this is a major, you know, year coming up for this team. They've they've gone they've weathered the 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 rough times. They had three really bad years, and uh, and then uh, you know now they're the, you know they're they're on to bigger and better things. They've got this team set up the the way they like it, at least in the terms of the top two or three guys uh, and we'll see where they go in terms of augmenting that. And uh, they need shooting. They got to have shooters. And as long as Seth is there and, and can do that, he's going to have a nice, uh, nice place to, uh, to call home for the next few years. And if you're open, Luca will find you. And if you're open, the shots are easy. So just get open. Basically. That's the, uh, that's the moral of the story. That's the secret to success that Seth discovered from playing basketball and that you discovered from visiting the local cantina, apparently in Mexico city. So uh, that's right. So there it is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Eddie, very much for joining me today. And thank you to all of you out there who are listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave us a, uh, a kind review on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe Download every single episode of Mavs Daily and you can trade them with your friends. They're very valuable collector's items. So uh, go ahead and do that. And uh, it's called Mavs Daily for a reason. It's because we come out with new episodes most days of the week. You never know who we're going to talk to next, talk about next. So make sure you uh, check out the next episode and we will see you then. Thank you. Thank you.